Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dropping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we are setting the table with gardening wisdom. My guest today is Kelly Smith Trimble, an editor, writer, and gardener living in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to talk about her book today. It's called Vegetable Gardening Wisdom, a collection of seasonal advice and inspiration for edible gardeners. And Kelly is currently the Senior Editorial Director for HGTV, where she answers vegetable gardening questions on a social video series called Dig It, with more than a million views collectively. She's also been a writer and editor for Southern Living, the National Park Foundation, and Bonnie Plants. Her vegetable garden was featured in the June 2020 issue of Southern Living Magazine, which is some serious Southern woman credibility right there. She was born in East Tennessee and has spent her life in various parts of Southern Appalachia. And today we hear about Kelly's book, her perspectives on gardening, and also her thoughts on growing collard greens. In Fred Sausman's Potluck Radio series, he features Satisa Sausage with a recording that he made in 2018 with the Waldensian community of Valdez, North Carolina. Didi Constantine shares a recipe for sautéed trout with spinach and roasted red bell peppers from the Tupelo Honey Cookbook, and I've got a really pretty gospel number from Jeff and Sarah Perkle from Tennessee, and Sarah has just recently been inducted to the Tennessee Writers Hall of Fame for songwriting, and uh, we're really proud of her. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your good company. Our first guest is Kelly Smith-Trimble, and let's first get an idea of her background and her experiences that have led to her work that she does today. For people who don't know you well, mm-hmm. tell us uh, where you were raised and yeah. how you got into vegetable gardening. Yeah, well, I was raised, born and raised in um, East Tennessee, and I grew up in Athens, Tennessee, which is in McMinn County. Um, my mother grew up in Knoxville, but we, um, you know, I grew up in Athens, and um, 
and then I went to college in Middle Tennessee at Sewanee. And from there, I moved to Birmingham, Alabama. I lived there for about 12 years, and I worked for what was called Southern Progress Corporation, which is the parent company of Southern Living Magazine. Okay. And so I worked like in various capacities at that company, including writing and, and doing things for Southern Living for a long time wow. um, in Alabama. And... And I worked at, in journalism, in magazines, um, as a writer and editor for about 10 years there. As I was working there, I had gotten really interested in gardening. And at, at one point, I worked as the editor of a magazine for Lowe's, a custom magazine for Lowe's, and did gardening as part of that. Oh. Um, and I was also really interested in environmental issues and started getting my master's degree in environmental studies. And kind of over time, I, I saw how I could marry my interest in the environment and sustainability with my background in lifestyle journalism and, you know, home and garden writing and yeah. focus, kind of focus on gardening. And so I left that company and worked for a brief period for Bonnie Plants, which is based yes. in South Alabama. It's the largest vegetable and herb plant supplier in the country. And there's lots of growing stations all over the country, but they're based in South Alabama. We had a small group of folks working on the marketing and the website that worked out of Birmingham. Okay. Um, so I worked with a woman named Lois Chaplin, who had been a garden editor at Southern Living a long time ago. And she was, um, she kind of recruited me to come work at Bonnie Plants. And oh. so it was a great experience because I kind of got, a, I kind of got a master's degree in vegetable gardening just by working that job because I A, I learned a ton from her, but then I was also working on writing and assigning the content to build out our website. Ooh. So, you know, growing information for every single plant that we sold. And so I just learned a ton on the job. Okay. Um, so that was great. Um, I mean, I really credit Lois, who I worked for as the, um, you know, the driving force behind having such... Um, you know, in-depth and really user-friendly information. And so I learned a lot from her, I feel like, about how to how to present information um, where it has depth, but it's not scary. You know, I think that's because, I mean, gardening is, is part art, part science. And people are afraid of both. <laughs> you know, there are some people who want you to tell them exactly what to do so that it will work exactly right. And that's just not how, that's just not how it works. You know, that's not how gardening works, nor the world works. And then other people just kind of want to go totally free form and not follow any rules. And, you know, that may or may not work, too. So anyway, I think she just really um, helped me figure out how to write for that audience and for a mainstream, more beginner audience, mm -hmm. um, which is what we do for the most part at HGTV, too, and what I did in my book. And I also was able, she encouraged me to do the Master Gardener program in Alabama, um, when I was working for Bonnie Plants. So I did my Master Gardener certification there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so from there, I moved back to East Tennessee, to Knoxville in 2012 and came to work at what was then Scripps Networks for HGTV. Uh -huh. And um, it's now Discovery, but I'm still in the HGTV. I still work on um, primarily the, the website and all of our digital um, content for HGTV. Wow, I did not realize that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I'm the editorial director. That's my title for HGTV Digital. So that's my wow. full-time job. <laughs> and then on the side, I have wrote, you know, wrote this book and I have always, you know, been been gardening the whole time. Um, so 
yeah, that's my kind of career story and where <laughs> I came from. And my parents still live in Athens. They also have a place in Townsend, so we're kind of going back and forth in that triangle. And then I have a sister who lives in Nashville. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and we are visiting with Kelly Smith Trimble, an editor, writer, and gardener living in Knoxville, Tennessee. Her book is Vegetable Gardening Wisdom, a collection of seasonal advice and inspiration for edible gardeners. In the second part of our visit, we'll hear about her book, her thoughts on gardening, and growing collard greens. And I knew you wrote a book, but I had no idea how um, how truly interesting it is. It's not one of these long, drawn-out things that are hard to get through. Yeah, and that was really my um, that was really my purpose in writing it. I, you know, I've studied gardening for a long time and been involved in gardening and been involved in what we call lifestyle journalism. So writing about gardening and and decorating for mainstream audiences. And I really realized just with gardening in particular how overwhelming it is for people. I think people get really scared by it. And so my idea for this book was just to put something out there that was beautiful and that was digestible so people could kind of learn little bits about gardening a piece at a time rather than trying to take it all in through some textbook style book or or something that was just felt long and involved. So basically it was was for the beginner, but also for anyone Mm -hmm. who is just kind of looking to, you know, engage with gardening and find little tidbits of information that kind of help you enjoy gardening more. Tell us the name of it. It's called Vegetable Gardening Wisdom. And um, it's, I think the tagline is daily advice and inspiration for getting the most from your garden. So it's really meant to be, it's not organized by date, Uh you know, um, because of course the gardening seasons are different date on the calendar for anyone, you know, depending on where you live. So it didn't make sense to put it, you know, like think about this on January 1st, but it, um, it is meant to be kind of picked up just a little bit at a time, a day at a time and just read to just kind of like absorb information in an enjoyable manner, I guess. And then it's also just really beautiful. It became um, a gift book, you know, giftable book. It's great for Mother's Day or, you know, birthdays and things like that. Fits in a stocking. (laughs) Um, And it's just really pretty. So it it has, you know, it's, it's easy on the eyes and also good, you know, good tips and information. The illustrations are just gorgeous. They're they're so nice. The publisher that I worked with, Story Publishing, um, they do a lot of gardening and sustainability um, and self reliance. Really, is how they kind of started out. They, I don't know if you know those big books, Country Wisdom and Know How. Oh. They are like these great, crazy encyclopedic books. They, that's kind of how they started out. So. Anyway, they do lots of stuff now, but um, they're a great publisher, and they're the ones who found the illustrator. Her name's Harriet Popham, and she lives in um, in England, and she did just an excellent job with all the illustrations of um, vegetables and, like, tips and techniques. She made it really, really pretty, and, and the illustrations really do make the book. I mean, I wrote the information, so I think it's good, too, but the, inf- the illustrations are definitely what people will see, yes. you know, at first, and then they kind of dive into the, the info. Well, you know, if not for good information, it's an art book. Yeah. And this is a great combo. It is a good it is a good combo. Yeah. I was really <laughs> pleased with it. You know, it's nice to have something you work hard on and that you feel like 
because you kind of have to hand it over to somebody else to yes. to put together and it um it's nice when it all comes out to your liking and feels like it's a representation you know of you and what you intended you just said some people want to be told exactly what to do and then in gardening it's not like that in the world it's not right. like that yeah that's right that right there that really puts it into words kelly yeah yeah i mean it's i've been thinking about it a lot lately and i'm actually thinking about another book concept uh-huh. you know that kind of dances around those ideas because i mean i really feel like the garden has for me at least become this metaphor for life and you know literature and religions it is as well but um it's just been a great place for me to kind of think about just the way you approach relationships in your life and there's so many things that you can kind of learn and extrapolate from gardening that apply to your life too so that's definitely one of them that just that there aren't you know there just aren't really strict rules and some people really want you to tell them this is the recipe you know for a great tomato and it's just you don't you don't have control over everything so you can't really do it you can't really say that exactly but I mean, I think the process of gardening year after year and learning is really what it's all about. You know, that's really where it's where you become, I hate to even say a good gardener, you know, because I don't want people to think that there are green thumbs and non-green thumbs. You know, there are just people who are interested in gardening and up for learning about it year after year, you know. Yes. I mean, it's all about the foundation, you know, and in the garden, it's the soil, you know, and other things, it's different things. But anytime we try to find a quick solution for something, it may, we're only thinking about the present, you know, we're not thinking about the future. And a lot of times those quick solutions have ramifications down the road. And so I think, you know, gardening, organic gardening, which is what I try to practice. I mean, I, you know, I'm not certified, but I practice organic gardening is really about thinking long term. Yes. And um, so putting the effort into that foundation, which is the soil, is, is, is part of that. Will you give us your thoughts on collards? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love collards. Um, <laughs> collards, when I'm in the winter garden, um, collards are about the only thing that are that are consistent and will just keep growing without a lot of trouble. I do try to keep some things going in the winter garden, but some of them I have to cover when it gets, you know, below 28 or so. And, and I do cover my collards too, but they don't, necessarily have to be um and they stay just you know green and fresh and growing and so yeah I definitely grow collards all winter and into spring and summer I've mostly grown Georgia collards Uh which is a um you know it's a southern heirloom variety and it's we grew it at Bonnie Plants and it's very common but there are a lot of other varieties out there that I'm learning about now there's this collard There's a group called the Culinary Breeding Network out of, they're based in Oregon, but they've really expanded. And I've became friends with the woman who started it, Lane Selman. And she, every year they kind of pick different, and every season they pick different um, crops to talk about. And collards were one that they talked about this year. And there is a collard project and there's, um, you know, various farmers involved in it just kind of talking about the different varieties that are available and what will grow where because you know there are things that would grow maybe in Appalachia that would also grow well in the Pacific Northwest because there's a similar climate and so they're kind of just sharing information about these different varieties and 
yes. um, breeding and stuff. But anyway, collards are great. I think there's lots of different types to grow that I'm interested in exploring. Like there's some that have this pretty blue tinge to them. You know, I'm used to the just bright green ones. But collards are great because they are easy. <laughs> they grow all winter. And you can kind of just keep harvesting off of them. They're what we call a cut and come again, you know, vegetable where you can cut on them and they just keep growing from the center. So you, you when you're growing your collards, you want to just cut the outside leaves, outside and probably bottom leaves, so that the plant will just continue growing more and more from the center. So, you know, by February or March, if you've been cutting on them, you've got kind of this, this like Dr. Seuss looking plant that, you know, has a big stalk at the bottom and a big you know, flower head at the top, but, um, but <laughs> they're, true. yeah, they're great because you can cook them down. You can also eat them fresh, which is something I think people are surprised by. Like I know the other day I made, um, a salad for my mom and she, this is the first time she'd eaten collards just uncooked, you know, just yeah. fresh. So I like to take them and just slice them really thinly and make like a slaw or like what you would like a kale salad just with like, um, salt and, olive oil and they taste great you are listening to the tennessee farm table podcast and broadcast and we've been visiting today with kelly smith trimble an editor writer and gardener living in knoxville tennessee her book is vegetable gardening wisdom a collection of seasonal advice and inspiration for edible gardeners And Kelly is currently the Senior Editorial Director for HGTV, where she answers vegetable gardening questions on a social video series called Dig It, with more than a million views collectively. She's also been a writer and editor for Southern Living, the National Park Foundation, and Bonnie Plants. Her vegetable garden was featured in the June 2020 issue of Southern Living Magazine, which is some serious Southern woman credibility right there. I've placed a link on my website with pictures of Kelly, her dog Rufus, her book cover, and a link to her website where you can find her book, along with a podcast of this show, and links to all of my guests on today's show at TennesseeFarmTable.com. And up next, Dee Dee Constantine shares a recipe for sautéed trout with spinach and roasted red bell peppers from the Tupelo Honey Cookbook. It's time for Mary D.D. Constantine. She's that basset hound-loving, grandbaby-chasing, happily retired former food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. I totally admire anyone that can fly fish because finger fishing is the only water sport I have ever been able to accomplish. While the rest of the family had a rod and reel, my Uncle Joe would put me at the end of the dock with a string tied to my finger. On the end of the string was a hook covered in a dough ball of wet bread. I remember those days because it was the few times I'd ever successfully caught a fish. 
Actually, one day in particular, I caught 12 fish, and that's not a lie. My dad said that I was catching sun grannies. I've since learned that's another name for bluegill. While I may not be able to harvest my own fresh seafood, I sure can put it away. And one of my favorite trout recipes is sauteed trout with spinach and roasted red bell peppers from the Tupelo Honey Cafe cookbook. All you need are four eight-ounce trout fillets, an eighth of a teaspoon of sea salt, an eighth of a teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, a fourth of a cup of roasted garlic oil, one and a half cups of packed baby spinach leaves, and you want those sliced, three-fourths cup roasted red bell peppers, and you can buy those in a jar or you can roast them yourself, one-fourth cup drained capers, one of my favorite parts of this dish, three-fourths cup dry white wine, three-fourths cup heavy cream, five tablespoons of unsalted butter diced, and a half of a cup of sliced almonds toasted. To prepare it, you sprinkle the trout fillets with salt and pepper. Heat a large heavy skillet over medium-high heat and add two tablespoons of the roasted garlic oil to the skillet and heat until hot, but not smoking. Add two of the fillets skin side down and cook for about three minutes. Turn the fish over and cook until the fish flakes with a fork. It's about one to two minutes. Lift off the skin with a fork and use a spatula to transfer the fillets to a serving plate. Heat another tablespoon of the roasted garlic oil in the skillet and cook the remaining two fillets the same way. Wipe the skillet clean after it's cooled. In the same skillet, once again, you heat a tablespoon of roasted garlic oil in the skillet over medium-high heat. Add the spinach, red bell peppers, and capers, sauteing just until the spinach wilts, about 20 seconds. Add the white wine and bring to a boil for two to three minutes. Then you add the cream and bring to a boil until it's thickened or until the sauce coats the back of a spoon. That takes about two minutes. Remove the skillet from the heat and stir in the butter until it's melted. Spoon the sauce over the trout fillets and sprinkle with the toasted almonds. Serve immediately. Oh my, that sounds so good. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. Up next is Fred Sausman's Potluck Radio Series featuring Sotisa Sausage from our Western North Carolina neighbors. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sausman. Valdez, North Carolina is the largest Waldensian settlement in North America. Waldensians started coming here in 1893 from northwestern Italy and southeastern France. They brought with them recipes for saltisa, a sausage spiced with black pepper, nutmeg, sometimes cinnamon and allspice, and always seasoned with garlic. I learned all about saltisa from the late Louis Benus in Valdez. The saltisa is a way that you don't waste anything. The Waldensian used to use the whole hog and everything, and they put in saltisa, and you could ta- you could save it that way. Sometimes they uh, put it in crocks, wrapped it around, and put lard in top, and uh, saved it that way. You could save it indefinitely. When they got married, Louis taught his wife Alberta how to cook saltisa. 
I guess maybe 60 years ago when I first married Louis. So I never knew what it was. We had sausage when I was growing up, but we didn't do it in casings like this. I put it in cold water with garlic and bay leaves and bring it up just to a boil and then turn it on low and simmer it. And then maybe the last 15 minutes, we put little red potatoes with the skin on them in the, in the water. And then when, we, when they are cooked, we take it all out and then drain it and we serve it that way. The Walt Ensigns, what, what shapes us, I think, were grew up to be frugal. We didn't waste nothing. For Potluck Radio in Valdez, North Carolina, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Rachel McCroskey, co-owner of Four Daughters Farm in Wallen, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song, for updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording. Connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.